my husband George and I spent six years trying to get pregnant. We tried having lots of sex. We tried eight rounds of IVF. We tried everything everyone suggested. So I tried yoga, herbs, meditation, bed rest. I tried not drinking. I tried drinking more. <laughs> that was my doctor's suggestion. <laughs> I tried eating warm eggs for breakfast every morning. That was my Chinese acupuncturist suggestion. <laughs> I tried lying on my left side after sex. That was an Armenian tailor's suggestion. <laughs> I tried lying on my right side after sex in case the Armenian tailor was disoriented. <laughs> I tried not trying, which was everyone's suggestion. <laughs> and after six years, I was diagnosed with unexplained infertility, and there was nothing left to try. And at Thanksgiving 2017, a cousin of mine pulled me aside, and she said, if you and George want to do surrogacy, I want to pay for it. And I almost said no, but I'm also not crazy, so we took the money. <laughs> Hi. I'm Sam Shaber. That was me you just heard telling a story about my experience with infertility. And welcome to IVFU, a place to share the pain, joy, angst, and love of trying to make a family the new-fashioned way. And I'm a freak in love, a freak in love with you. Today, you'll hear from Mike and Ray. They're passionate supporters of people making families in an alternative fashion. In fact, it was Mike who suggested I do this podcast in the first place so we can keep getting the word out there. And they are a double dad family with three fabulous kids and one of my favorite love stories. I'm in love with you. you. No, we met at the House of Blues. We had a mutual friend uh, who had concert tickets and I saw him come up that back deck and uh, that was it. And it's so cliche, but love at first sight really does exist. Really? There, yes. Were there like birds and stars and a cupid? No, there was a lot of nervousness, which I never get. And um, I just turned around really quick and I said, okay, what's my best quality? What's my best quality? And I gave myself a pep talk. And <laughs> I, I said, my it. smile. So I'm going to turn around. I'm going to give him the biggest smile I've ever given. You do have fabulous I'm, teeth, and right? Thank you, yeah. thank you. And I'm going to shake his hand real firm. Yeah, confidence. The two shakes and then out. And so that's what I did. I was like, hi, shake, shake out and then that was it and what happened for you in that moment michael <laughs> were you like that guy's got fabulous teeth i did think he had a nice smile yeah um did you have cupids and bows also or no i mean i remember meeting him i don't know if it was like fireworks in the air but fireworks okay. by the end of the night okay sure. yeah. he thought i was african-american because i was well, really it was, tan it was, it was very tan it was very dark out and he had these white flashing teeth and i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> That's all you saw, really. Right. Yeah. And then when he sent me his headshot the next morning, I was like, oh. Uh, yeah, we should explain why you sent a random man your headshot, because you are an actor, right? I you am don't an actor, but I... don't just play the you know, single scene that way. This was the age before selfies, you know, and he was like... Can you send me your picture to see what you look like? Because and Mike I, is a producer, yeah, so we're and, getting the jobs in there. I didn't, yeah. I didn't have, strangely enough, like a picture of myself, you know, just like that was good anyways, you know. Yeah. And so I was like, well, you know, I have a headshot. I'll just send it to him. You know, it's not like I sent a resume with it. It was just a headshot. No, that came the next day. <laughs> that came the next day. <laughs>
Um, well, I am here with Ray and Mike, sometimes mm-hmm. referred to as Mike and Ray in my address book. Um, and I'm very excited or to Michael, talk to you guys. Mike, am I supposed to call you no, Michael? No, I just, I've known you for like 18 years I and know. I've never Anyone known. Who know, has known me. It's funny. I feel like if we really are friends with you, we call you Michael. So I'm here with Michael and Ray, <laughs> <laughs> my very good friends. Yeah. Um, and one of the great things about this is this entire podcast might not be happening without Mike's Michael's suggestion Mm -hmm. to do it. So we are here at the source. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the reason I wanted to talk to you guys today, you guys have been together for a long time and you now have three children Mm -hmm. through surrogacy. So that is our big chapter heading for today. And you have twins, Mm -hmm. male boy and girl. So fraternal twins from your first surrogacy. And then you just last month had your third child Mm -hmm. from your second surrogacy a boy are you guys married now yes you are when did you get married march 15th 2013 okay so to back up a little further so you you meet at the house of blues there's Mm. harps for ray there's maybe a bit of a (laughs) for mike um eventually you are together was there a moment when it started to really feel like we're gonna have a family i think so 17 years ago being a gay couple, yeah. you know, having children was not necessarily an option. Right. Surrogacy was in its infancy. Right. Um, and I don't even think it was a thought that we could have a family. Right. At the time, except adoption was out there, you know. Right. I just had never thought about adopting, you know. Well, had you thought about having kids at all? Like when you were, either one of you, when you were growing up, were you like, this is in my vision for my future, I will have kids? Or were you like, I'm, I'm a gay man, this is just, that's not a thing. It's funny that it's interesting that you said that because I, I remember when I thought I was straight dreaming about having a family really? and, a, and a wife and, you what? know, when two, was that? two cars. I mean, you know, probably in my, in my teens, you know, late teens, I guess I was like, oh yeah, you know, one day I'm going to, I'm going to run a restaurant business and I'm going to have a family and I'm going to have a wife and it's going to be wonderful and I'm going to live the rest of my life in El Paso. Were you modeling that on someone or somebody that I I kind of think my family was just always like, Oh, you know, one day this will all be yours and you're going to have a family too. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh yeah. And it sank in. But after I came out, I, I kind of never thought that I would. And like Michael was saying, we never really thought that we could. Right. And we had heard stories of of gay couples having a friend have a baby for them Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And that was kind of really the only route then. Right. Um, Or or in in some... some, That was sort of a thing that was happening in the early early part of this century was that there was a lot of talk among gay people having like co-parenting with their lesbian Mm -hmm. friends. We had a friend that we like half kidding, half really talked about it with, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I had some other friends that did it, you know? Um, so that was like sort of, that would have been revolutionary, but people were talking about it. And yeah. so we had some friends. I feel like they were doing it more in the movies than they were doing mm-hmm. it in real life at um, that point. Well, maybe because you know? we live in LA that yeah, it seems like, true. We, you know, our <laughs> lives are movies or movies become our <laughs> right, lives. More, but there was definitely, I can, I know two or three people that, that, did it um and how'd it go well mostly the lesbians ended up raising the children and the men were participants but didn't raise the children that i know of i know a couple that have the the women live on one 
house and their backyards back up to the men on the other side. And oh, they have wow. Like three children between them. <laughs> I don't know them. Who has it, not bought the rights to that story for a TV I'm show? I'm sure it's right. <laughs> I'm sure now, there's been about, three Sundance movies about it. Exactly. But, um, and what about for you, Michael, growing up? Were you having visions of I will have a family someday? Or? I don't know. I mean, I, honestly. It just I, wasn't I, on I, your radar. I, no, it's not that. I think I'm sure it was. Yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. Not, that's not my thing, thinking about. Yeah. That, you know. So how long were you guys together before you started thinking, let's see if we can do this. Let's see if we can have kids. Oh, gosh. I, I, ten years? Maybe. Yeah, it was probably I like mean, 10 I know years. When we we, had, we had bought a home, and um, that was kind of the first big step as a, as a couple. Um, and we bought the home before we were married. So uh, that was... That was our first baby. And dogs. And dogs. Yeah. yeah. And, dogs. I, and, I, and I do remember getting the dogs and I'm saying to, my, to Michael, I was like, if these dogs are alive in five years, maybe we can talk about having kids. <laughs> because, uh, you know, as you know, having yeah. a dog is a lot of work. It's a lot right? of work. But it's interesting because like when we made the, when we did buy the home and, you know, we had lived together before, but when we bought a home, it, it sort of seemed like the home itself was asking to be filled up. Really? It was interesting because it's just like, this house is great. You know, we have the dogs now. We have the furniture and the view and all that, but we're still missing something. So you did. You felt like something it was just missing. It always, I was like, it just seemed like a natural step. Sounds yeah. weird to say now uh, going back and thinking about it, but I kind of know the real reason why we decided to have kids. We might be jumping. What What's the real reason? Well, well a friend of ours had had a, a baby and um, Michael had gone into the, into the birthing room with her and saw everything. And, and, you know, that's a very emotional, I don't know if you've ever seen a live birth before, no. but it is very emotional and very wonderful. And it sort of slaps you in the face with perspective yeah. on what life's all about. And, and it really, it really resonated with Michael and he, I remember him coming home and I was like, well, how did it go? And he's like, oh my God, you know, if you only saw <laughs> what I saw, but on top of that, it was just wonderful and beautiful. And then he started to think, and he's like, you know, I think I want to start a family now. And, and then I want to start a family with you. And when he said that, I was just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> but really, like, oh, like, you know, I mean, I almost started crying yeah. saying that. Oh, but, fuck, uh, why, though? Just Seriously, like, like, fuck, really? This is really happening. And, and um, In a commitment way and, or like in no, a my pretty house? No, and it was just like, okay, be... well, let's talk about it. Yeah. You know? and, and, and we definitely did. And, and uh so, it, Mike, it was what, like what was that? Thing. What was it like for you? You were in the delivery room. I, I think I know who this person was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, why you were just there as support, or it, it's I a, mean, she's it, one of your very good friends. One of I our know. very yeah. good friends, and the truth is, she had said to me, "Like, I just don't want someone who there will make me laugh." And we have the same sense of humor, and so I really went there just to be with her during the you know the pre labor. And when it was time to go in the delivery room, they brought scrubs and said do you want to go in and i was like sure you know and i i'd been an emt at a children's hospital when i was younger oh and, wow and so i had witnessed births and been part of the process and so it, but it's very different when you see a friend and you see a baby born and you see um them the reaction that they have and i actually came home and i said you know we're missing out on a whole part of the human experience 
So when you say you were feeling the absence in the house, was that before Michael came home and said this or were you already feeling that? And this- I, was, I think I was already feeling it yeah. because it's just like, what do we do now? Do we add a second story? Do we buy new furniture? Like, what do we do? Well, how know? do I and feel just, the void? Yeah, yeah, there was a void missing. And maybe there was a void, not just in the home, but it was probably in our relationship too, because, it, you know, we've been together for so long. Right. And and people yeah, had what been do asking we do next? us, like, oh, you can have kids? You can have kids? It's like, no, 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 yeah. no, no. Uh, now, do then, you guys think this is very hypothetical and probably very hard to answer, but let's say it was 1973 instead of 2013. <laughs> do you think you would have come to these same conclusions or do you think the world is a place now that makes this possible more than it used to? I would say, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think if it happened in the 70s, I I I didn't know very many gay couples. Yeah. I didn't know any gay couples in the seventies. <laughs> were you born in nineteen seventy? I was yeah. born in nineteen seventy. But that's growing up as a kid, no, this is like, this is interesting. Yeah. Like we didn't have, we didn't have any role models. We didn't have people who were gay didn't come out. Right. And you know we heard of like gay couples together. I'm speaking men mostly and women too, but they, they were like you know special friends, right. roommates. You know that lived together and. And, so the, um, even at that, even that basic level was not right. available. The and, gayest yeah. person I knew that was a celebrity was like Liberace. And then he never right. came out. And he never you know, even he came out. He had special friends. So I was just like, okay, you know, special friends. But, uh, you know, we have so many more resources now. It's, it's 2019. Yeah. And um, family and people, dynamics are, are completely it, different. It's a hypothetical in so many various ways. Could we have gotten married? Would we have stayed together? Would like there's so could many. Could you things. bought a house together? Could, right. Then, yeah. You know, I mean, like there's so many different things that that we could or could not do, and and who would we have been? And you know, like we were just blessed that we had all the we had all the right things happening at the right time in our lives. You know? Right. You know, right. We were stable at that time. We had. You know, we knew people that had already done surrogacy. We knew people that, you know, there was gay couples that I knew and Ray knew that were a little bit older than us that had already like started the journey four or five years before us. Then we started talking to our friends, some friends who had done it and they gave us what the price points were. And I was like, oh, I can, we can afford that. And then we started to connect with agencies, um, egg donor agencies and then surrogacy agencies and then, you know, getting a lawyer and all that, you know, it all, it's a process. It is a process. Um, and what did you, but I'm glad it was a process because, you know, we need checks and balances. And, and I felt, I, I never felt unsafe or that I was getting screwed in any way. I always felt like everything, all the, everything was covered. Yeah. Um, except for the emotional part of it, which is like, you know, you know, who's going to take care of that? And so we had to, you know, we, we, I think even by law that it was required that we had to have a therapy session. Yeah. We um, had a therapy session, a but psych eval by the time we had that, we'd already had so much therapy that that wasn't really, <laughs> it wasn't really necessary, but I get that they do it. That's good that no, they do it. Yeah, yeah. I was glad that they did that. And, yeah. and then, um, and, and the psych eval and all that, but it would, that was, that was a breeze. It was just, it was just interesting to see you know, how Michael and I sort of processed everything differently. In what way? I felt that he kind of took over with everything um, that was... I le- produced the shit out he of it. He produced the shit out of it. He, and that's, you know, he is, he is a life. producer. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I'm glad he did because we needed when that. There's never, whenever, you know, funerals, weddings, births, I can handle them. Yo, wow. Just so you know. You, I, like, what, you know what? The truth is it's an emotional response that I have to any stressor. I just... Do like, yeah, I, I I just do. That's he how produced I he produced it, and I sort of Martha Stewarted it. I just yeah. kind of, you know, 
read everything what is, there is to know about <laughs> he did the registry yeah oh, yeah there were the registry and made sure had this and what the, the best of this and the best of that and what's you know what works and what doesn't and just i did so much research on all the t- on all toys. the toys and the, the, toys. And, and the trinkets and the yeah but that that's important right, too yeah because you know it does help with with the functionality of of being a parent you know there's so many so many things that will help help you yeah make it easier well and in a way you know when when women their pregnancy is nine months right so people say it's part of the instinctive evolutionary process of like people getting ready to have a baby so you guys were pregnant for nine months you had nine months but (laughs) i'm saying there were the nine months where you were gearing up to have a baby yeah we were were definitely nesting you were nesting you were you know now that i have this floor i'm gonna say this i i am so bothered by the term when people say we were pregnant Uh, or the man says we're pregnant no nobody's pregnant but the person who's carrying the child (laughs) they're pregnant yeah you're expecting a baby you're gonna have a baby but you're not pregnant that's like a medical term does it feel offensive to you, I, I, it literally makes me want to go like you're not pregnant yeah like it, it, it it's this oddest thing it's like if somebody was ha- someone else is having we're having surgery today right. like no you're not your husband <laughs> is having surgery right. i'm gonna have to disagree with you there a little bit because i think that a lot goes through your you're head you're expecting you, a child you're expecting no yeah we're expecting a pregnant. child but you do go through a lot of the emotional I guess the roller coaster that you're not you have pregnant. when you're expecting a baby. No, of course you're not physically right. pregnant. I just had a moment in the floor where I, yeah. I had some space. I had I a podcast. It. Listen, it's been an issue of floor. mine. Yeah. I just want to say it's a little button for that, you. You know, one little yeah. button. Look, it's all non-traditional, and we're doing it within a society that's built around a tradition mm-hmm. and built around a system of a man and a woman get married and the woman has a child and they take the child home and that's their family. And that's the way it's been for thousands and thousands of years. We are, we are evolving into a new type of society where, you know, science and love make children now and, and money. families and money <laughs> and all that. So, so, so like we're all kind right. of explorers right. in this. And like, you right. Know, you know, right. it's, you brought money up a lot. All of us, I guess has yeah. come up and, a, a few I think times. it's attached to the conversation. But what happens to the to the same sex couples who don't have any money they well, don't have that children. want they children? Adopt. If you if you had a job of some kind that right, did right, not right, right. offer the salary your current job offers, yes. let's go there. Okay. Do you think your urge to have kids was would have defied any obstacles that were in your way? If you didn't have the money to do the way you're doing it now, would you have found a workaround yeah, I think to you, still... I think we would have found a once way. Once you decided you were like, we're doing this however we can. I think we um, would have found a way. We would have tried. I don't, yeah. I don't well, know, yeah, I don't know how point. strong the blocks would have been. Like, right. But we had the option. We had the money. I mean, our surrogate was like literally three blocks from my house. That's I, I mean, on my work. We yeah. could run into her in the grocery store. So oh, my God. We just did it the easiest because we could have. Because you could. What do you look for in an egg donor? Because for a woman, we're trying to replace ourselves. Mm. So I have blue eyes. I was born That's with dark hair. It's pink mm. now. But, you know, I'm looking right. for someone who's me. A little bit of Jewish, a little bit of Eastern. I mean, a little bit of, uh, you know, European. I've got mm. some British. I've got... What do you guys look for in a donor? Um, I want to talk more about you first um, <laughs> okay because it's I interesting i mean could. i my first instinct is to say this there's some narcissism involved in that yeah but i think there's a little bit more than that uh because you do want to feel like i guess as much as possible to make this baby feel like it is your own 
Yeah, and look like it and is look my like own. You. Yeah, is that to sort of save questions later, or just to make you feel? I wanted to feel like it came from me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. frankly. And mm-hmm. everyone, we all know it didn't. But I right. think you know to you when you decide to have children with someone, you mm-hmm. start to sort of think about what those children will look like. Like, right. what do George and I? bring to the table and what Mm. would a child of ours like say look like all that kind of stuff so then when you are looking for the donor you and I and years later when I discover that my eggs are no good and my genetics will not be part of this child Mm -hmm. how do I keep going that this child looks like it is part of my family yeah I think that's I think that's right we specifically look for someone that was half Latin half Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. yeah, Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I didn't... Cutting this whole thing out, like, we had the same issue, which was wanted the children to look like they were... Because you... What's your... Your background is what? Irish? Northern European. Like, Irish, Swedish. Irish, Swedish. You have blue... I'm looking at you now. You have blue eyes. You have fair skin, fair hair. You know, Northern European. Northern European. German, little French, you know, like that, but... And then Ray, you are Mexican. I am Latino. You're Latino. Tejano. Okay. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Are you um, all Latino on all sides? Well, you know, I did that... Uh, 23 23 me and uh, DNA test and mostly uh, Native, Native American, American. Oh, okay. uh, and and really forty two percent and oh, right. and the other <laughs> Iberian and mm-hmm. even one percent Irish. Look at you. Um and point four seven percent Ashkenazi Jew. My goodness, you're diverse. One percent Chinese. Uh, How do it's they crazy. know this stuff? It's just it's crazy. Markers on your DNA, just so it just means like a hundred or but, a thousand years ago, some Jewish person. But with that, yeah, I, I do. Oh, okay, we did. It's we, not like someone, you know, like <laughs> right. you know. We with did. We did look half half Latino, half half white. But uh, yeah. also, what, who for the same who reason? She was we wanted someone intelligent, someone who's yeah. educating no, I mean, we, you, themselves. You get, a, you get the well. The only thing we put in was Latin and tall. <laughs> <laughs> what we finally decided on on this person was that someone who was studying to be a chemist and uh someone who's very beautiful mm-hmm. and she uh, was a professional uh uh athlete and was she ethnically mixed yeah. in, yes. in the way yes. you wanted okay she was that's, uh, that's very... french and honduran wow yeah and i and irish, and irish. that's and great English and... so uh you know, you know, we never meet the person. You never meet him. Which yeah, you had the option to. You had the we, option. We to meet. chose not to. Yeah, but she did leave it. She did leave it open that if the children ever wanted to meet her later in life, that that they could. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and then from your end, what was the plan initially? Were the you- initial plan was to fertilize half the eggs with mine, and 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 then Michael would fertilize the other half. So, so was the plan because I know so your children can we say their names? Yeah. Okay, Guillermo mm-hmm. and Inez, mm-hmm. which is also fabulous because they are quite the most Irish looking children I've ever seen. <laughs> I think they're, I mean, I, or Swedish, they're right? Fam- yeah. Swedish. and their family like names, their family names, and they're but from your family or from your well, family. Inez is, is Spanish for Agnes. My grandmother was oh. Was, Ag- Madeline Agnes and Guillermo was his grandfather he loved and Joseph was my grandfather mm-hmm. that I loved and now Hugo is uh, on Michael's side the original plan up until the moment of the transfer yeah. was to have one embryo from Ray and one embryo from me and, and implant them with the surrogate and if you got twins then you're done and if you got one then you would try with the other ones the next time whoever didn't take this time right. yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, the day of the transfer, on the way to the transfer, we found out there was an anomaly with the one that was raised. 
Now, when we first did the sperm test, like I thought I was going to have the problem because I didn't have as high of a sperm count as he did. But, you know, I did things to take care of that, you know, like don't go in the hot tub and wear <laughs> underwear and like and all of a sudden I was fine. Uh, yeah. But I thought the day of, I was like nervous. Like also your sperm count can go on one day be one thing and one day it it's can very, it's come very, and go oh, oh. i don't even know the words but there's words like the way they swim and the way they're shaped oh, yeah. and motility and mm-hmm. what are those words? motility yeah there's like three yeah. different there's three mo- mobility vertility gross. you guys are talking about sperm oh gosh anyway well the people are listening to this <laughs> we they, made it this far like, yeah <laughs> so we get there and we don't we didn't know what to do it was not in our plan um so we're there in the scrubs with the hat Did on. Did they say you could transfer all three and just see what happens? No, or, no they weren't game for no, that. Our, okay. our, I know you can put in things that have anomalies and they can make it and stuff like that, but there was just, it wasn't going to go. So mm-hmm. the doctor's like literally sitting there with like with our surrogate and stirrups and we step out of the room with the caseworker and she's like, look, you're going to increase your success rates. You were already willing to have twins. It's not genetically exactly what you had planned, but you still have other embryos. You can still try. You can still do other things. Yeah, try later. Yeah, try later. Like she's like, so we like, okay. And we did it. And were you guys totally in agreement at that moment? And big things like that, we tend to like kind of come to the decision together at the same moment. And and throughout our life, we rarely have big things. We kind of like talk together we work, and we kind we of work, come to the same. We work better under pressure. <laughs> yeah. To make a decision like that. And when you literally have like two minutes to decide, um, you just do it. We I mean, just that's sort of it. Li- our, the way we live our life. It's but like, here's okay, something that here's, here's something that people and some of your listeners might be interested in, in thinking about is that if you do have the option to freeze other embryos, what nobody does tell you is that those frozen embryos haunt you every day of your mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a letter in the mail, usually from the twice a year from or tw- yeah, twice a year from the from the center that keeps them you know storage facility with uh literally like you know check check a if you'd like to keep it check b if you'd like to donate it to science check c if you'd like to donate it or check d if you'd like to destroy it and it's like it really you have to make that decision again yes and i will tell you the the one of the reasons why it starts to haunt you is because you're if you have children that came from an embryo that you saw a little tiny picture of that be, that was embryo A and embryo C and embryo B and D, whatever, become real beings. Like that Inez and Guillermo existed in the world, it made all those frozen embryos become real because they're sex. They became you know, children. They be, they're, yeah. They're, they're, you know they exist. Yeah. So originally I was just like, you know, they're just cells, you know, it goes into this whole whole feeling of like, you know, when does life began that whole craziness. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, when you have a success from, from IVF and you have children, it does sort of personalize those, those frozen embryos, especially if you do the testing and you know what sex they are ahead of time. Right. And then you even probably, even, you know, some people even give them names, but, Boy, uh, that's too much that's, for me, yeah. but it's a lot, God bless it's a lot, them. it's yeah. a lot to we think about. It's just, yeah. just, uh, it, if I have any advice for somebody doing that, um, just be prepared. Do you think that's part of the reason you had Hugo or were you always going to try again no matter what? Um, I would say that's the only reason we have Hugo. Really? But yeah. he's not one of those original groupers. Yes, oh, he is. Yeah. Oh, okay. He is. We They're all from the same one. batch. We only did, we you only, only did, did one. one. The oh. egg donor gave us 32 eggs the first batch. 32. Which is a lot. Yeah. 
But it was down to like 17 fertilized and then down to nine embryos. And okay. made it to full blastocyst. Okay. The first and how did you find your surrogate? We had decided to use a boutique agency um, in Burbank. And um, that some of our friends had previously uh, used. Some of our friends had used. And it was sort of just... And the woman woman who ran the agency, her husband worked Mm. for me. It's weird. Oh. (laughs) Very weird. Ah, That is weird. No, but you know, again... You were were committed at that point. We trusted them to match us with somebody who, who... who was great and um you know you meet them and all that and then you go through that whole interview process again sort yeah. of the same thing more lawyers the, more contracts more lawyers more contracts but but really meeting the person is is the is the the game changer because it is interesting what you look for is very different what you look for in a surrogate than what you look for in a donor because as we were saying yes. we're sort of replacing ourselves with the donor or right. copying ourselves right. But with the surrogate, it's like body mass index, responsibility, you know, what's their lifestyle? Do they have support? That kind of thing. Like, it's a very different And the second time is very different. Everything is not as important the second time as the first time because it's so, you think everything is so important. Yeah. And, you know, and then I think with us in the second time, we're like, can she carry a baby? Is she nice? (laughs) Like, can we meet her? Okay. So, Ray, while while Carrie was pregnant, that you have that nine months, Mm -hmm. was it ever hard for you knowing that your guys didn't make it that you know this was not going to be yeah, part of you yeah we've genetics? spoken that about that before a little yeah. bit because i know you had questions on yeah. you know, how do you feel when it's not genetically yours yeah and i will say that i broke down the the moment that i was told it wasn't going to happen yeah because i was sort of i guess looking forward to it um and then i had feelings of inadequacy yeah you know like yeah. oh I guess every human feels like, you know, that that's what we're born to do is right. Breed. Right. And when that's taken away from you, you lose a little bit of yourself, maybe even a little bit of your humanity. But when they were born, um, it all went away. It really does. It just goes all the way. I think that, uh, the second you hold that baby and you, you, you're with them, you connect with them and you know that you're responsible for them and, uh, that's all that matters. Yeah. Do you get any yeah. issues with like if you're in the grocery store, and people don't know it's your, <laughs> no, they're your you know, children? No, I always thought I was always really self conscious about that. I was like, oh my god, they're going to think I kidnapped these these beautiful white babies, <laughs> or or they're going to think I'm the manny, or, yeah. or you know whatever. And no one's ever commented about it. No one's even looked at me weird. They just that's great. You know, the kids walk around and you just it, it's it's sort of unspoken. You know, they they call me daddy. Um, I'm just their daddy. Yeah. Um, and you're your dad or how, what's I'm the dad? Your papa. I'm papa. You are a papa. I'm papa. And so, so you had your twins. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that like the day? How, how did it work? You went to the hospital. Were you both in the delivery room? Some stork appeared. <laughs> we had a planned C-section that, you know, with twins and she was 38 weeks pregnant and we kind of got to choose the date. It's my grandmother's birthday. So wow. we, we got within like a three day, you know, window, we got yeah. to choose the date. And so we chose it and at 8am and, um, we went there the night before we stayed at the hotel across the streets and, um, some friends took us out to dinner. We hung out. And then you go up in the morning yeah. and met Carrie there at, and her husband at six. And 
you know, they prepped her and Your then they wheeled her away. Stuff. Her and her husband went in and we waited outside. Oh, because for a C-section, they don't like a lot of people in the room, right? No, they technically no. only allow one other person in the room, but, yeah. you know, but it's all dependent on your doctor. And so our doctor's like, I technically can only let one in, but the morning of, you'll both be there. It's fine. Okay. He couldn't oh. tell us you, we could be in there, but I'm going to say... You'll Come on in. Be in yeah. Right. It'll be fine. It just happens. Like technically you're the doctors only. Have Some more advice for your listeners and you. Yeah. Watch these surgeries on, on the internet before you go and see them in person. To be prepared. Prepare yourself. It oh was, boy. It was a little shocking. Um, I was rolling tape, you know, I wanted to catch everything. Oh, you everything. were filming yeah. it. Yeah. Oh my I, gosh. And I, uh, with their permission, of course. And, yeah. Um, I was, my mouth was just agape the whole time. Yeah. It was crazy. Do you watch the tape now? We oh, said yeah, the, the kids, kids watch, watch it. it. They the love kids. it. They're like, can they we see it. the video when we were born? I'm like, are you sure you want to see this? Oh yes. They God. love watching the umbilical cord getting, they love being pulled out they of love. the oh. Which one's that? They're like the umbilical Guillermo, cord you being first. cut. You know that every time. But yeah, they watch They're going to be doctors. Maybe. They, they <laughs> we're, we're pretty like open with our kids. Like yeah. I think, yeah. I think. They, we're all, we've always been open and telling them where they came from, how they came, how they came to be. Yeah. Did you film Hugo being born? Yeah. Did they, do they this watch was that? Different. This was a natural birth, which yeah. I had never seen. And yeah. I did not take my own advice. I never saw it. <laughs> was a that video a of it or anything like shocking that. in another way? It just blew my mind. You know, it, it, it's so primitive and, and alien like, yeah. you know, and it, it really throws things into perspective on like how we came to be and, and what life is all about and, yeah. and it's magical it's it's beautiful and i didn't care that i'm you know staring at somebody's 10 centimeter dilated vagina <laughs> i it just it was uh it was a beautiful thing yeah and did you so with all three kids did you immediately hold them <clears throat> do skin on skin yeah. or well no. i i couldn't no. i had a, not with the, with the twins we they they we never held them till we got into the nursery there's two full pediatric teams in there because twins are considered high risk birth. And, oh, and so there was they they take they took it took them it was C-section they took them over to the warmers right away got them awake and wrapped them all up and then they let us hold, no they let us hold them after they were all cleaned up and put them in our arms in the OR. Um, it's a big OR so carries on the other side and and then they we held them and then they put them in the wheel the bassinets and, and they what. Wheel them around the, what was that moment like when you first held oh, them? Yeah, it was amazing. It was, it was just, just, it was just the coolest thing ever. Yeah. yeah. Who it's held amazing. who? Do you remember who held who? Who held I, I think I, think I know we we switched. Around. I know he cut Guillermo's umbilical cord and I cut Inez's, but not yeah. that that matters. I don't yeah. Know. We were just there's a picture of us on yeah. Facebook holding them. I don't know who was holding. And them. when Hugo was born, I had I was sick, sick as a dog. The you got a fever the night he was. Yeah, born. I got you a fever that night, and they they told me to stay away. And oh, so no. I had to spend Thanksgiving day in a hotel room with a can of Campbell's soup. I'll tell you the difference between the f- two births. The first birth, I was so concerned about bond, carry bonding with the baby that I thought it was going to devastate everybody. And it was, and I was so like, these are my babies. I don't want her to do it. The second one, we're like, give it to her. Because, <laughs> like, because, because especially with natural childbirth, you know, the placenta is still inside. They're still attached. So, um, you know, and like, 
the first one we didn't want Carrie to breastfeed at all. The second we're like breastfeed as long as you can. Because we realized after four and a half years, like there's there are kids, like, right? Nothing's yeah. gonna and anything we can do. And he had a little difficulty time regulating his temperature, mm. so for the first twenty four hours he had to be on he had to be on somebody. Oh, they could have warmed him and put him in like an, you know, but the the most natural way is just to be on somebody. So yeah. he was on, Allison was the surrogate. And so Allison held him for a couple hours and Ray held him for a couple hours mm-hmm. and I held him. Then Allison would hold him. So we, we, and you know what? It was a different experience for us. We were so not, we were so much more like, yeah, whatever. Because Allison <laughs> and Carrie were both wonderful and neither one of them ever complained about. And I think we were just better yeah. at it the second time. Yeah. We were much more chill about it. And like with any second. But birth, all those probably, thoughts are right? valid. Like you know, those, say, those, yeah, initial, yeah, those initial thoughts are valid. Of yeah. just like it's, first of all, it's really uncomfortable for someone to have a baby for you and then be like, okay, give me that baby. Bye. Yeah. You know? And so uh, uh, there was, I remember that they were like, well, you know, she wasn't allowed to nurse. Uh, she had to pump her colostrum um, for the first time around because it was like if you allow her to nurse, it's too bonding and, yeah. and too you know it's too. That's emotional. what we did the first time. The second time we're the like, second time we're like just, just do it. Anybody who wants to nurse this baby, please come <laughs> to the second floor. You know, and, <laughs> seriously, we're like whatever. Like we didn't care. And, <laughs> and we had some extra colostrum. Come we'll, on up. Come on up. Yeah. We'll, we'll and, you know, and even though that was a big concern for us, I'm sure it's also a very big concern for the surrogate too. Cause like, you know, for her to have to nurse a baby that she's not going to keep, it's also, you know, that there's some bonding that goes and very emotional. But, but she then was some okay. Women are like, yeah, well, like, whatever, was, I don't care. Yeah. Allison, they were different women. It was Carrie's first surrogacy. It was Allison's second surrogacy. Oh. So that's So as we shifted, she also shifted. Yeah. I'm sure. mm-hmm. Like Cause she was, it. that's another thing is she wasn't here. Your first surrogate was here. Right. And so you're we running into her at the grocery appo- store, but this one, but we is- went to every, every appointment with Carrie went to every sonogram. This one we were like, did you do FaceTime with this one or with Allison? No, or? no. no. Just we went to, we, 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 both, we both went Second once. Time we both went once. We did. Yeah. We, yeah. Made, we made it a point to fly down. Oh, you did. Oh, yeah. Okay. We went out there. We both yeah. went. Yeah. Right. I kind of feel right. like, you know, with these surrogacy agencies and the egg donor agencies, all this is new and everything's sort of pioneers. They were kind of learning too, you know, right. Learning the laws are getting rewritten as we go. Yeah. I mean, the yep. fact that New York state doesn't allow surrogacy, that will change at some point. I'm it's sure. Maybe we were just approached by an, uh, another gay couple last week. They were headed to San Francisco this past weekend. Cause there's a, Convention a, a convention for men for, wanting for to be IVF fathers. And the same wow. And and you know, well, it's not just a, it. There's, there's adoption. There's, it's, it's every a, version. It's like how to make a family. Yeah. yeah. And this didn't exist for us back I then. Need to and go if to it did, I didn't know this about it. Yeah. 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 Do you ever, you know, we live in Los Angeles and mm-hmm. it's a very liberal place, as we know. I mean, I'm sure Guillermo and Inez have several other classmates who mm-hmm. have two dads or older moms mm-hmm. or whatever. Do you ever come across societal criticism or? comments that surprise you in this day and age? I mean, first of all, you guys lived in Texas for a while mm-hmm. with your twins. Mm-hmm. That's a different place. <laughs> mm-hmm. Going back to what I said earlier, I think society is changed or is much more loving and accepting than than I think we thought. Mm-hmm. You know, like once gay marriage came in legal, like, I don't know. I mean, yes, there is still a group of people that have issues with it. The one thing that shocks me every time is that 90... The, Especially if you get outside of Los Angeles, everyone thinks we adopted them. Ah. And like, when did you get them? I'm like, 
How do you feel, though, when people make those kinds of comments or those questions? Do I just you, say, oh, I got them when they're one second old. <laughs> I don't, well, I, don't I mean, really you know, the truth is a lot of the confusion comes from our family members. And I find myself explaining to my family members and, and they still don't get it. Um, and so I just... Uh, stop explaining i was maybe hoping that they would get it eventually yeah but you know you, you going back to like where we live you know we did live in texas but we lived in austin so austin oh. is kind of a, you know very Austin's much like la even like in oklahoma you know like what do people think about gays or or or, or surrogacy in oklahoma they seem to be pretty hip with it i mean yeah. i was surprised i was really surprised everyone at the hospital got it and we were at a catholic hospital it. and everyone was and they were cool everyone you know if you're if it's a different world. I think people are afraid of something that they have never experienced. But once you're involved in the process in any way, people it's like, just, oh, it's someone having a baby. It's just like anybody else having a baby, you know? Like, yeah. Kind of like what you said before. Then, you know, does, do you feel like, do you feel it weird because they're not biologically yours? But it's just like, you know, they're your babies. No one questions them. You know, they're at the grocery store. They're in the cart with you. They're your babies. You know, go pick them from school. They're your, they're your babies. Nobody's going to be like, who are you? Yeah. Um, no one seems to really question about like really yeah. like where they came from. I mean, or why. I don't even ask because I don't ca- I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter yeah. anymore. You know? Yeah. There's a little bit of curiosity sometimes when I look at a picture of some people I know that have done that. like... I wonder if they're genetically who's out. Of yeah. Who's yeah. But then you're like, uh, and that's part of the problem. Yeah. You don't ask because there's this weird secrecy about it that it all feels negative. Like, yeah, it all feels like we've well, it's not really negative. It's just no, like a little invasive it's and personal. personal. Yeah. But it it's shouldn't personal. be. It's yeah. like, I remember, I remember before we had children, a guy who was mutual friends of ours, we ran into at a party and he had his daughter with him and Ray asked, Oh, is she yours? And he was so offended. Oh yeah, he got really. He like, like was didn't. Speak. Why did you ask? Was he gay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just like you know, who's this? Is yours or another? Who's the dad? Yeah. You know? How'd he, you do he, it? He, he just was really upset that I asked that, and huh. I was just like, I don't see. But what's you wrong understand. With that. But I understand now. Yeah. Um, but I don't think you should be. I, but if someone I, said to you, "Are are they yours?" I would be like, you would be, "No, they're not. Obviously, but not. they are. But they're <laughs> not. No, right. I mean, you know, right, right. I'm brown. They're blue eye, blue eye, right. blonde. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You so, wouldn't yeah. care. No. Well, I guess it just depends on what people's triggers are. You know, I mean, yeah. who, you I mean, guys have had a ton of support in a great community. Maybe that guy didn't, and he's no. Well, I, and then I, in retrospect, it, it too, like into, maybe he, he, maybe he wasn't able to. The way I right, was. Right, right, and right. maybe that kind of triggered something within him. And that's, that's true. That's what I picked up on, being upset. Because yeah. if someone that day or the next day had been like, oh, is it yours? I would have been like, no. Right. I, lost it. I, like, I yeah. failed as a human. You right, know. right. That's true. It could depend well, where he was in his experience. Sure. Yeah, in yeah. his journey. Because I do no, think no. That, they, that I think men go through... When people have to do this, a lot of time it, it seems, and I'm, I'm just observing that it's all the blame is placed on the woman. Can't do it. Her eggs are this. So, like, but I know that people, it's it's a male fertility problem. Yeah. Or it, that, that happened for many years, and now suddenly it's too late. It yeah. Literally, like they say with male sperm count, it can be one day you can have this problem, the next day you can have that this problem. Wow. But nobody talks about it because everyone like feels like it's like an issue. Yeah. Like, that you're not you're not virile or, or you're not a, you're not a woman and like so so then i it 
it's all surrounded by like this secrecy, this secrecy. And it all feels like you're inadequate if you don't do it the right way. And so that's why I think a lot of the questions people get emotional. I still can't see pregnant women. It makes me crazy. But when you, I will I'm tell you, I will tell you, Sam, I can't when you have that baby five minutes afterwards, a lot of that's going to be gone. Yeah. Cause no one's going to, when you're walking in the grocery stores, no one's going to ask you, did you carry this child or not? Right. But right now it's so emotional in you, right? Cause yeah. you didn't, no one is going to even know, but we shouldn't be so secretive about all this stuff because it makes you feel bad. Yeah. And we shouldn't make other people who are trying to have families feel bad about yeah. We sh- It should be open. Like we don't like make people feel bad for having their appendix out. Yeah. We don't make people feel bad for like, you know, having to have open heart surgery. Like they're not, but you know, maybe they should feel bad. Maybe we shouldn't have eaten so many McDonald's and <laughs> right, exactly. eating so much crappy food that they have to have open heart surgery. But instead, you're like, oh my gosh, there's support that doesn't exist. I think, and that's you're talking about support. I think it, there's not a support because there's a judgment about yeah because it's all tied up in humanity of virility, and that's always been part of identity. Is yeah is ability. I think to- also. One, I think like what you were saying, people are becoming more open about it. I mean, when we first, because we had two egg donors before we stopped trying to get me pregnant. Right, right. Um, I threw in the me just to help you out. So I wouldn't say we were trying to get pregnant. (laughs) At the time that we had to make that decision, are we continuing to try to use my eggs or are we moving to an egg donor? I couldn't find anyone to talk to about it. I didn't know anyone that had worked with an egg donor. And that was only like four years ago. And already now, there's probably six or seven people I know I could talk to. Right. So I think things are changing. People are changing. Um, But I also think, and this is something I haven't spent a lot of time contemplating yet. A lot of the reason for the secrecy, I think, is for the children. Because no one, I don't think people have quite agreed when to tell the children. And Mm. if it's okay, like one of the social workers we met with at one point said, don't tell people what's happening because it's not fair for the world to know where your child came from before your child knows where Mm -hmm. they came from. That was a few years ago. Mm. So I, you know, and again, it's like, well, what's more important for me to get the support that I need as the parent or for the child to be protected against maybe something that's not even a problem. Like, you know, everyone's going to know where this kid came from when he's born. Or she's doing an iPod. Doing a podcast, exactly. But also, (laughs) maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe that demystifies it. No, it it demystifies it. And I think it makes it like, it's sort of like this, I I would imagine what adoption was like in the 70s. Right. When when before the 70s, you never even told that you were adopted. And a lot of kids got really messed up from that. And they never even, they found out late in life in their 40s or 50s that they were adopted. It was like, you know. Earth shattering. shattering. And then they started the era of of open adoptions and, and people started to talk about it. And now there's no, I mean, we all, people are openly saying, I adopted this child. There's no stigma. And there's no stigma. Yeah, which is the healthiest way. Right. You're right. So, I think, so yeah, I think you're that, right. I think, it's a, I think it is, the social workers don't know what to say because they, this is the first generation of these people dealing with this. Right, when it's and open. And our children will be the first generation of, of IVF babies that it's like totally open and they know about it. And, and normal. My grandpa yeah. always used to say, the truth is easier to remember. And and I, I believe that. And, I, and with the kids, I think that just always telling them from day one where they came from, how they got here and let them, you know, let them decide if they have feelings of abandonment or, or confusion or, you know, yeah, or whatever. And then you work through it and you work through it. Let them, let them decide. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just one last thing. Is there anything else that you guys would like to add? Anything maybe 
philosophical, any advice for, for parents, for gay parents, for straight parents, intended parents, for surrogates, anything you'd like to say? Gosh. Wow. I would say, <laughs> um, you well, you know what? Time. Someone gave me some advice a long time ago and I didn't take it. <laughs> if you ever feel like you're going to have children, uh, freeze your sperm or freeze your eggs. Mm. If you're not re- if you feel like you're not ready, just do it now before you get too old, before it may not work. Yeah. Um, and um, I know that that's the case in some women I know, and I know that was the case in my case because I, um, you know, I mean, we've shared a lot, but you know, Ray had cancer, and that's partially why it was not happening. I did have cancer, and they said, you know, before you go through this radiation, you should probably freeze your sperm, right? Because if you don't, there could be some genetic defects afterwards. And I was like, nah, I'm never gonna have kids. I'm gay. I don't want kids. Blech. You know, <laughs> right? And um, and that was a mistake. Yeah, we joke that if we ever have a girl, we're gonna make her freeze her eggs when she graduates <laughs> high school. I'm giving us that birthday. That's her, birthday yes, present. give it to her for her birthday. Uh, yeah, give her a new cell phone and right. give her freeze the eggs. There you go. Well, thank um, you so much. You, do you do you have something else you're pondering, Michael? Advice, <laughs> Michael. I just think that it's important for people just to talk about it. Yeah. Talk about whatever you're feeling and not be judgy. It's harder than you think and it's easier than you think. It's just like it should be treated as like this is just another way to have a family. Mm-hmm. Family of love through love and science, right? And so you have the ability to, if you can do it and you really want to do it, no matter how you do it, like adoption or IVF or surrogacy or IUI or or or, or deciding to have another dog. Mm-hmm. It's not really advice. I just think this is amazing that you're doing this because it's going to be more people talking and less because I don't want my kids, our kids to have any stigma attached to them Mm -hmm. that they ever feel guilt about saying who they are or what they are or how they got here. I don't know. I just feel like there's so much secrecy and even that, that I just think like open the doors, let the air in, let the sunshine in. And so we can all, you know, help each other get through this. I came across a onesie that I had not seen Mm -hmm. and in front of the onesie, it said, a family is made from love. You know, it doesn't matter. It's just a family is made from love. And as long as you have love, you, you have, can a, have family. a family. It's true. And I think you oh, should write a song like that. I will. So. For next time, I will. I promise. <laughs> but I think it's true. And I think that applies to couples that wind up not having kids. And they still have a family. They yeah, have each yeah. other. People that have that are dog parents. People mm-hmm. that adopt. People that, you know, whatever the form is, you're, you are absolutely right. I think love is makes a family. Right. That's a beautiful place to end. Oh, you guys. Thank you so much for talking with me, Ray and Michael, my new close friend. (laughs) I'm in the club. (laughs) I'm in the club now. All right. All right. Thank you. Thanks for joining me for episode two of IVFU. Come back to us episode three when I talk with Kyler, one of my favorite fellow singer-songwriters, about the power of music to heal, even though some words just don't fit. It makes it sound like it's all going to be like sad, dreary songs, and they're they're not. <laughs> it's hard to rhyme with miscarriage. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's more poetic. It's sort of like the word shampoo. It's a little hard to kind of pull that off with a straight face. Joni Mitchell did it. Oh well, she can I do wanna anything. I want to talk to you. I want to shampoo you. Okay, she gets away with everything. <laughs> yeah. IVFU is produced by me, Sam Shaber, and Emmeline Summerton. And we'd love to hear from you. Please join our conversation on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at IVFU Podcast. And check out our website at IVFUPodcast.com. IVFU is distributed by Inside Voices Media. 
Our mixer is Allison Wilson with additional sound design by J.C. Swatek. Our live story segment was recorded in L.A. at the Rant and Rave Storytelling Series produced by RogueMachineTheater.net. Our theme song is Freak in Love by The Happy Problem. That's me. And lastly, I just want to say thank you for sharing this time with me. Because remember, it's all about being a family. And I'm